My name is Joshua Crane. Don't worry, it's not disrespecting it. Yes. A couple weeks ago, and I wanted to say no really bad, um, but I didn't. I really wanted to say no, honestly. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask that you guys just uh, bear with me because I wanted to memorize this for you guys and really have it for you, but I didn't get as much time as I, I had uh, anticipated uh, in studying. Well, I did get time studying, and I got time learning uh, throughout the week. I was talking to my friend Doug this morning about that. But um, it, it's been a blessing um, over these past couple weeks in studying the book of Ephesians, in a couple months even. But these last couple weeks um, in the chapter 4 is what we're going to be focusing on today. You're going to get a lot of awkward pauses, um, stammering, stuff like that. We don't have special equipment to erase that for you guys, so sorry. Um, you're going to have to just deal with it. <coughs> so, before I get into it, let's just open up in prayer. Lord, I pray that you would uh, remove me from the equation, and that we would be able to hear what you would have for us this morning, and that we could focus on your word. I pray that the men that are out, that they will be revitalized this weekend, building one another up in love, just getting closer to one another and really learning who they are uh, in you. I pray that they will remain safe on their travels back uh, and that they can just come back unified and uh, better leaders for their family, uh, better husbands to their wives and fathers to their children. pray all these things in your name. Amen. All right. Before we start, a little, uh, little bit about the book of Ephesians. Um, Paul, who's the author of this book, um, helped plant the church with 12 other guys. You can read about that in Acts chapter 19. He stayed there for about two years, uh, working with those 12 disciples and planting that church. This uh, letter, Ephesians, is actually written when Paul was in prison. Uh, and he wrote it to the church in Ephesus. It's packed full of teaching for them then, um, just as, as it is now for us. Because we are both, um, just like then and now, the body in one as Christ is our head, right? Got eight pages of notes. Hopefully that's enough for you guys. So chapters uh, one and two, I'll just do a flyby of one through three. And a little bit of four, um, and I'm going to start at about chapters, uh, verse 17 in chapter four. So chapters one and two discuss the body and that we are chosen and blessed as a covenant people. You can think of Abraham's promised blessing in Genesis, or Genesis chapter 12, verses one through three, and that us, as that body, would be adopted into Christ, and that we were made one by the blood of Christ through the gospel. That word adopted means a little bit different uh, to me than it did before uh, a couple months ago when I brought my adoptive daughter home. Um, it's really cool um, to be able to see how her coming into our lives is a picture of what God has shown is us coming into the body of Christ. She, uh, just as we do, need to figure out how to operate in the body, right? Because we're all uh, members of one body under his spirit. 
Then it goes on to discuss how God's unifying spirit, which is the Holy Spirit, was given to the church uh, in Acts chapter 2. You can read about that. Bringing both Jew and non-Jew to one family through Jesus by faith, just as promised God to Abraham, just as God had promised to Abraham. Chapter 3, Paul discusses who he is and what his role is, ending chapter 3 with a prayer that they, and in turn that we, would simply grasp the love that God has for his people. That we would be rooted and established in that love. That was his prayer for them. And it's in chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. Actually, let's just read that. I like doing that. I... I'm going to read a ton of scripture because that is better than me speaking, right? I think you would all agree with that. Okay, so that is shaky. We'll get vertigo up in here. Brief pause to figure out where I'm at. Okay. This is his prayer to the church then and for us, if you'd pay attention. For this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom, this, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with his power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. According to, I'm a crier, we'll note that. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So that was his prayer for the church then and for us today as the body. Okay, between chapters 3 and 4, there's a linking word. Sam says this word a ton, so you guys should all know it. Um, That ties chapter 4 to all the other previous chapters found in chapter 4, verse 26. And that linking word is therefore, right? Um, So let's, let's say, so... Because the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one, because of who Jesus is, what he has done for us through the gospel, and in the beginning of uh, three, or uh, beginning of four and end of three, uh, who we are together, a body in him. Not to be infants, but we should be acting as one, unified through the Spirit in Christ as our head. So, chapter four, verse 26, therefore, right? Therefore, so because of this, Therefore, live like this. Verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 27 goes straight into live a life worthy of your calling, putting on the new humanity in Christ, which we will talk on soon, loving one another, being patient and kind, making every effort to keep unified in the Spirit. He gave us each gifts, right? We've been talking about these the past few weeks, if you've been, been here. Um, And these gifts were given us to build one another up, right? We all have separate gifts, and we're all to do that separately and build one another up in that. And I'll tell you an instance of that that I experienced last week. So who we were, sorry. um, So because of this, 
We need to, therefore, live like this, right? So if you'd stand, uh, this leads us into the 17th verse where we read through the rest of the chapter. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to their hardness of heart, they have, come be- they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard of him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through the deceitful desires, and to be renewed through the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God, in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are all members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and shouting and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ also forgave you. You may be seated. So let's break it down into two sections, okay? 17 through 24, 25, um, who we were outside the body and unity found in Christ, right? So that's who we were and who we are in Christ as part of the body, which is found in verses 26 through 32. So number one, who we were being outside the body and unity in Christ. All right, so this is who we were. Cool. Um, So in this... I'd like you to note that people that do not know him, gosh, the crier, deal with it. Okay, um, people that do not know him are still in this state, right? So that should be a, uh, a call for us to pray and to witness to others. Uh, <coughs> All right, what well, we were. We were futile of mind, darkened in our understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Alienated, that seems pretty opposite of adoption, doesn't it? Uh, They have become callous, not caring for others, uh, given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. Uh, They're corrupted through their deceitful desires. So that's who we were before Christ. That's scary, huh? Um. So now let's talk about who we are, being in Christ as part of the body. So we are to be made new in the attitude of our minds. We are to put on the new self, and we'll go over that a little bit later, created to be like God in our true righteousness and holiness. We speak the truth. We are all members of one body. Right? This is a call for us to uh, speak truth into one another's, li- one another's lives. And sometimes that is not a simple thing to do. Uh, we must do it when we are compelled to do so, to build one another up. 
This involves more than just li uh, not lying. It involves an open sharing of ourselves with one another, rejecting deceit, selfishness, embarrassment, etc., and letting people into our lives, both the good and the bad, letting them really know who we are. Because it is hard to love somebody well that you don't really know, right? So a short story for you, uh, something last week that happened. Uh, a friend of mine named Jordan, he stepped out and prayed with me during worship. And uh, in obeying the Spirit, you know, what was leading him to do that, it encouraged me more than I can say. Um, it going through some hard times and um, lots of time away from family and friends. Um, and that's not easy. But God's taught me a lot of patience. <laughs> Sorry. Um, God's taught me a lot of patience in the, in the adoption process. And... Um, I just, uh, it was awesome how the words that Jordan said to me uh, made it so I could really focus on what God had for me this week. Uh, check this out. I prepped it myself, right? Because I know, right? I'm not going to lie to myself. Okay. Anyway, it was amazing to see how Jordan's words uh, lifted me up uh, by just stepping out and telling me what was on his heart. And in doing so, he strengthened my faith and my desire to serve uh, better and love you all better. Um, another point of who we are in Christ, another command is that in your anger, do not sin. Do not let go, uh, the sun go down when you're still nursing it. It doesn't say do not be angry. I mean, God knows anger, right? He was slapped in the face and then he just stands and is like, why'd you do that? You know, a lot more than that, but that's just the one that came to mind. Um, God knows anger. He says, in your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down when you are still nursing it. He commands us not to sin while in anger. And he also points out in the words nursing it. Can you hear that? In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still nursing it. So that anger is something that we have to feed, right? Like a fire. If you think about it, that is true. I was uh, first married to my wife, and before my kids, I read the, the passage as, like, resolve your issues before you go to bed, you know. Um, I'd make her stay up and be like, we can't go to bed, you know. It's like, that's not what it says, okay. It's like to reiterate that. Um, I should have read it as, stop nursing your anger and ask for forgiveness already, because it's probably my fault, right, just like it always is. Well, I'm selfish, right? And Mallory's awesome and amazing. So, anyway, um, another quick story. Um, we're not to be angry, right? We feed our anger simple stuff. We feed it this uh, fuel, right? Um, yesterday, I got mad at my dog. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily mad at the dog, right? I was mad at the circumstances and um, the pressures I was under. Um, just mad, right? You, you get these feelings that bulk up and you're like, well, I'm not going to be mad to that person. I'm not going to be angry to this person. And I'll just hold it inside and then I'll freak out on the dog, right? Yeah, that's, <laughs> no, okay. 
Um, I do that to my kids, too. Like, I, I wish I didn't. You know, I think we all have these bits of anger that we wish that we could control. But, you know, be angry, but do not sin. That's what we're commanded. God gives us a warning on that in Ephesians verse 27 where it says, do not give a foothold to the devil, which is exactly, which is exactly what we are doing when we hold on to our sinful ways, ways. We give a foothold to the devil, right? Well, you don't understand. I have a right to be angry here in this situation. You obviously don't understand, Josh. Well, yeah, according to the world, right? But we're to put off our old selves and put on our new selves of forgiveness, right? Difficult stuff. That's what we're commanded. So quickly to review, who we are in the body of Christ, being made new in the attitude of our minds. We are to put on the new self, speaking the truth in love to one another. And do not let, and then it goes on to say, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Let me read that again. Make sure you heard it. Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Here we are called to love others in a way that is unselfish, right? Loving others according to their needs and not our own. How do we do that, do you think? Can we, do, can we know their needs very well if we don't know that person? So according to scripture, we need to know them well to be able to love them well. Okay? So we can truly be loving others that we don't really know. Oh, sorry, sorry. So the question I, I pose to you, can we truly be loving others that we don't really know how to best minister to? Well, yes. But we can better love others the better we know others. We can better love others, the better we know others. And we get to know others in the body by spending time with them, right? So um, are you a member of a small group? Do you meet with people in here regularly just for lunch or dinner or hanging out? This is your family, okay? Um, Luke, last week, pointed out where Sam had mentioned a couple weeks ago, uh, blood is thicker than water, Um Luke pointed out that that doesn't mean that your family's more important than church, right? I'm going to go to my brother's house. My, my, sorry, my, um, that didn't work because a brother in Christ is also the same as your physical brother. Um, right, I'm going to go to my niece's house or whatever, right? Um, <laughs> there goes that one. <laughs> anyway, um, I would urge you to get plugged in. And if you're not plugged in, figure out how to do that. Maybe that's serving in the mornings, uh, setting us up, which is awesome. Like, I can just come and talk, and it's all magical, right? And this is great. Um, this is all set up by people that come and serve, right? Um, maybe your ministry is a uh, ministry of prayer. Someone else has a ministry of prayer, and you can get together and do that, right? Um, the men do that, 6 a.m., most, most men do that. I try to do that at 6 a.m. at Sam's house, and you're all welcome to do that. It's a very encouraging when you get to go. Um, I would really encourage you to do that. It, it helps my week uh, in my life every time I do. So I just urge you, please get plugged in. 
and, and really get to know who we are um, so you can better minister to us all. Okay, so to summarize who we are in Christ, being made new in the attitude of our minds, we are to put on the new self, speaking the truth and love to one another, not letting unwholesome talk be among us, but what builds one another up. We are not to ignore the Spirit's teachings and promptings in our lives, and we are to be kind and compassionate, as compassionate as Christ was when he died for us. I'll wrap up today on what Paul's asked us to do in taking off our old selves and what we should be putting on as our new humanity in him. Um, the Bible Project is something that we um, support as a, a church. They're a ministry out of Portland that does videos on YouTube. And I was watching their YouTube video on Ephesians, and they had a really cool graphic about um, taking off your old self and putting on your new self. I couldn't print it for you guys. I didn't have enough ink, um, and I didn't send that there. So just bear with me and pay attention if you could. Um, so we're to take off our old self and put on the new. How does that look? So instead of lying, new humans speak truth. Instead of harboring anger, they peacefully resolve their conflicts. Instead of stealing, new humans are generous and hardworking. Instead of gossiping, they encourage and build up with their words in love. Instead of getting revenge, new humans forgive just as we were forgiven. Instead of gratifying every sexual impulse, new humans cultivate self-control of bodily desires. Instead of getting drunk, new humans come under the influence of God's spirit. So I had a friend uh, died about a year ago. Um, his name was Jason Nightingale. Um, he went around, he spoke at our church about five years ago, but he went around churches um, throughout the world and spoke the gospel. He memorized scripture and would just speak it. Um, it was, it's awesome to have known him. Um, and <coughs> the effect that he's had on lives is, um, is really awesome. And all he was doing was reading the word of the Lord. So <coughs> he has compiled multiple scriptures about biblical love uh, that I'd like to share with you. And that in listening to this, you could more fully understand who Christ is and how he loves us. So um, listen to this however best for you. If you close your eyes or look down or whatever, um, stare at me. That's going to be really distracting. Okay, so this is the very the word of the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. And as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return until they have watered the earth, making it blossom and bear fruit, and give seed for sowing and bread to eat, so shall the word which goes from my mouth prevail. It shall, not, shall, return, it shall not return to me fruitless without accomplishing my purpose and succeeding in the task I gave it. Now we are no better than pots of earth that we are to came to contain this treasure, and this proves that such transcendent power does not come from us, but is God's alone. But scripture says that I believe, and therefore I speak out, and we too in the same spirit believe, of, in the spirit of faith believe, and therefore speak out. For we know that who, he who raised the Lord Jesus to life will, with Jesus, raise us too, and bring us to his presence. And you, with us indeed, it is for your sake that all things are ordered, so that the abounding grace of God is shared more and more greater 
may be the chorus of thanksgiving that ascends to the glory of God. Now I may speak with the tongues of men or of angels, but, I have no, but if I have no love, I am a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. I may have the gift of prophecy and know every hidden truth. I, a, I may have faith strong enough to go on removing mountain after mountain, but if I have no love, I am nothing. I may, I may dole out all I possess to the poor or e- even give my body to be burned that I might glory as a martyr, but if I have no love, I have not profited even one thing. Love is patient, love is kind. It envies no one. Love is never boastful, nor conceited, nor rude, and never selfish. Not quick to to take offense. Love keeps no score of wrong. It does not gloat over other men's sins, but delights in the truth. There is nothing that love cannot face. There is no limit to its faith. It believes all things. There is no limit to its hope. It hopes all things. There is no limit to its endurance. It endures all things. It endures all things. Love will never come to an end. Praise God. Love will never come to an end. Other prophets, their work will be over. Other tongues, they will cease as their knowledge will vanish away for our prophecy and our knowledge alike, they are partial and partial vanishes. When wholeness comes, when I was a child, my speech, my thought, my outlook were all childish, but when I had grown up, I finished with childish things. Now, we can see only puzzling reflections in a mirror. Then we shall see him face to face. My knowledge now is partial. Then it will be made whole like God's knowledge of me. In a word, there are three things that remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of them all is love. Pursue love. And it is by this that we even know what love is. That Christ laid down his life for us. And we, in our turn, are bound to lay down our lives for our brethren. But if a man has enough to live on, and yet when he sees his brother in need, shuts up his heart against him, how can it be said that the divine love dwells in him? My children, love must not be a matter of words or talk. It must be genuine. Show itself in action. So I leave you with this question. Are you showing the love of Christ to others? Putting on the new humanity? By speaking the truth? Quickly resolving conflicts? Being generous? Building one another up with your encouragement and your words? Forgiving one another? Or maintaining self-control? And living in the spirit? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your word. And I pray that you would impress it on the body's hearts like you did my heart this week. I pray that you would um, reveal yourself to us more holy, that we could understand how to love better. Pray for safety for the men as they come back for the women, 
that they can be encouraged by their husbands upon their return and get some relief at home. Thank you for the body, Lord. Thank you for letting me be a part of this body. Thank you for adopting me. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we thank you. In your name, amen.